0: So, if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament you' come to the right place. welcome welcome back. This is going to be for Matthew chapter eight. Now this is also going to be including some of Mark and some of Luke some of Mark chapter one, some of Luke chapter three or chapter four and we'll get into that and show you here in a second but we'll we'll start with uh, a little introduction about this first of all um, so some of this is going to be miracles of Jesus um, the healing of the sicknesses and lepers is in verse is in chapter 8 the centurion servant peter's mother-in-law is also mentioned also the calming of the sea happens in chapter 8 and uh, so anyway I'll, I'll show you some of the other chapters here that uh, coincide with these as we go through it so verse 1 of Matthew chapter 8 and when Jesus was come down from the mountain great multitudes followed him Now, verse 2 is also the same as Mark chapter 1, verse 40, and Luke chapter 4, verse 12. So I'll go through that. We'll start with those, and then I'll tell you which chapter we're in, or which book we're in as we're going. Verse 2 of Matthew 8, Behold, there came a leper worshiping him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. In um, the Mark version, it says, There came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, said, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. But in the Luke chapter 4 version, it says, It came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Notice the full of leprosy. This means the man's probably near death here. He's probably in an advanced stage of uh, leprosy from his head to toe, and uh, that he's near unto death. Uh, Notice that he also does not doubt that Jesus could heal him, but he's asking if he would do it. Back to Matthew, verse 3. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy leprosy was cleansed. In uh, the Mark version, verse 42 says, And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And then verse 43 of, of Mark. And he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away. Verse 44 says, And saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now back to the Matthew verse, or chapter 8, And Jesus said unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Jesus was being humble in not wanting the miracle spoken of very much. It may be at this time when men were flocking to him in such great numbers, further fame and notoriety would have hindered him in the travels in his travels and preaching, or that such a notable miracle would fan the flames of persecution that already were beginning. Uh, back to the Mark version. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad, or spread widely the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in solitary places, and they came to him from every quarter. So now he has to uh, to go off by himself a little bit here. In the in the Luke version, it says, um, "But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed." Back to the Matthew 8, and when Jesus, uh, this is verse 5, when Jesus was into Capernaum, was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. In Luke chapter 7, verse 1, it says, Now when he had entered all these sayings, and when he had ended all these sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant, who was dear unto him, was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent him the elders... He sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. Back to the Matthew, verse 6, And saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Uh, In verse 4 of uh, Luke, chapter 7, it says, And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly or earnestly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. Back to Matthew verse 7, um, and Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy or qualified or fit that thou shouldst come unto my roof, come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man of under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say unto this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. And when they had followed him, they heard, they and when when they that followed him heard this, they marveled, and when Jesus heard this he said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no not in Israel. This is symbolic also that righteous Gentiles are entitled to the blessings of the gospel just like the house of Israel. Verse eleven I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the wicked one be cast out into outer darkness, where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour." Now back over to the Luke version, it says, And they who were sent returning to the house found the servant whole, who had been sick. Then back to Matthew uh, chapter 8, And when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, or took hold of, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. Now it's interesting that uh, in, in the Mark version it says, And Simon's wife wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and they besought him for her. So she must have been so um, out of it, so unconscious or whatever, that um, she didn't ask him, but uh, the others that were there asked Jesus to heal her. So there was sufficient faith in the room that this could happen. Back to the Matthew 8, verse 16. Now when the even evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the evil spirits, and the word and with the word, and healed all that were sick, and it might that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Esaias, or Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Verse 18, now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side of the sea, and they launched forth, it says in Luke chapter 8, Back to Matthew 8, verse 19, And a certain scribe came unto him and said, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of man hath not where to lay his head. This is the same as in uh, Luke chapter 9, verses 57, beginning in verse 57. Back to Matthew eight twenty-one, And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer, or allow me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury the dead. Now, in the Luke version, Luke chapter nine, it says verse sixty-one, and and another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid thee go bid them farewell, who are at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plough, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And that was verse sixty-two. It is not clear that those whose care, that those other cares and concerns. Oh, I'm sorry. It is not that those other cares and concerns were not to be left undone, but that some things are more vital than others. This was Jesus' way of describing that when a man has set his plow on a straight course, when he has planted his life in a more spiritual furrow, he must not look back wistfully on the old life, but persist and push ahead with full commitment to the new life he has adopted and never look back. That's by uh, Ogden and Skinner in verse by verse. Mary G. Romney said, Jesus was not looking for or calling men to do lip service only. He wanted them to realize that following him meant effort and sacrifice. Luke tells us of an occasion when there were great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother... And wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever d- doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So likewise, whosoever he be of that of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. In these seemingly harsh statements, Jesus was not specifying literal hatred toward one's family as a condition of discipleship. He was emphasizing the preeminence of duty toward God over personal or worldly demands of those who would be his disciples. And that was also by James E. Talmage. Matthew 8, verse 23 says, And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples came unto him, and behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and woke him, and uh, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. Elder McConkie said, Sleeping calmly amid the raging billows of a tempest that threatened to sink the ship is certainly evidence of an unimpaired nervous system. It is clear that mortal Jesus lived a normal, healthy, balanced life. Uh, Back to Matthew, verse 26 says, Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? In the Mark version, it says, And they awoke him and said unto him, Master, carest not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He who spoke and created all things now spoke and winds and water obeyed him again. Little McConkie said, "'Deity intervenes in temporal things, even controlling and moderating the elements for the faithful. He maintains special watch care over those who, by obedience and righteousness, become his especial friends. For them, storms are stilled, barren soil becomes productive, special needed rains fall, and bounteous harvests mature. Vines do not cast off their ripened fruits untimely, climactic conditions of whole regions are changed, mountains are moved, and rivers are turned out of their courses.'" Had they not feared, notice that he says here, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Had they not feared, they could have calmed the sea. His question is also to us today, How is your faith? By faith all things are possible, and when the Lord's servants rise in the full majesty of their callings, they have power to command the waters. So Jesus is also asking them, Remember, you hold the priesthood. You've been ordained apostles. You can calm the storm by the power of the priesthood and your faith also. Back to verse, uh, chapter 8, verse seven, verse 27. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Verse 28. And when he was come to the other side of the country of the Gerg- Gergazines, the town of Gergaza is the most likely location for this event. It is only about a mile from the sea. Now, this is the same also as in Mark chapter 5 and Luke chapter 8. Uh, continuing verse 28. There met him a man possessed with devils. Now, the Joseph Smith translation changes this from two men to a man, possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce so that no man could pass by that way, could pass that way. And Now, in the, in the Mark version, it says, who, ha- who had been dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked or broken or taken apart plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Luke mentions that he was naked. The symbolism of nakedness is that he is far from the atonement. His sins and weaknesses are visible for all to see. All unrepentant sinners are naked. We are not covered by the Savior's cloak or the atonement then back to uh, Matthew 8, 29, And behold, he cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time or before the appointed hour? In um, Matthew, uh, or back to Mark, it says, But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. There is a set time appointed when devils shall have no more power over mortal men, and when they shall be cast out into that eternal hell prepared for them. This fact is known to them, in consequence of which they labor with inordinate zeal to overthrow the work of God during the short time allotted to them. And continuing in Mark, it says in verse 8, For he said unto him, Come out of the man thou unclean spirit. And he commanded him, saying... Declare thy name and he answered and he answered saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them out of the of the country. Now a Roman legion was about six thousand, uh, and there's about two thousand herd of swine nearby, and so there there may have been two thousand or so uh, spirits in this man. Back to Matthew, verse uh, 30, And there was a good way off from an, from them, and heard of, my, of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole, whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into, a, into the sea and perished in the waters. If the swine were owned by Jews, they drove an illegal trade. If the hog farm belonged to Gentiles, its very existence was an insult to the national religion. In either event, even according to the local customs and laws, the destruction of the swine was justified. So uh, the fact that Jesus sends the spirits into the swine was not uh, doing something wrong, but uh, doing something that was okay and legal, according to them anyway. Back to Matthew 8, and they kept them... And they that kept them fled and went their ways into the city and told everything which took place and what was befallen to the possessed of the devil, of the devils. Back to Mark, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and saw him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in in his right mind, and they were afraid. Back to uh, the Matthew, verse 38, And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they besought him, that he would depart out of their coasts. Those people, worldly and carnal by nature, actually preferred their way of life to that which they would have been obligated to pursue had they accepted the gospel. So they weren't willing to um, accept the sacrifice that Jesus' uh, gospel would have offered them. Uh, in Mark, verse 18, And when he was coming to the ships, he had taken been possessed with the devil, spoke to Jesus, and prayed prayed him that he might be with him. So the man that's possessed is asking him to hang around. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed, and, and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all that heard him did marvel. The bitterness against Jesus was not so great in this region, and some on hearing of the miracle would be, would be led to investigate and believe the truth. So here Jesus is telling the man to tell other people about this miracle, as opposed to when the leper came and he told him not to tell anybody. So here he's telling him to go ahead and tell his friends what has happened. Anyway, that's the end of chapter 8 of Matthew, and we'll see you next time. Bye.